It's the Jill of All Trades, Michelle C, a.k.a. DJ Make a Move. She cute. Your host of Candy Kids TV, everywhere you need to be. And if you don't know by now, it's not your typical interview, y'all. Candy Kisses, blown away. Candy Kisses, TV for tomorrow today. Throw that all Michelle Fee, a.k.a. DJ Make a Move, your favorite play cousin, and I am everywhere you need to be, bringing you another extraordinary talent, this extremely talented and hilarious man that happens to love R&B just as much as I do. He is an actor, comedian, and producer who is currently starring in Nickelodeon's television series Cousins for Life in the lead role where he plays Lewis. He has won an Emmy Award as consulting producer on the television series United Shades of America. He was also a finalist on Last Comic Standing. He also won College Comic of the Year and is the winner of NBC Stand Up for Diversity Comedy Showcase. He is an originally an ATLian and started his career in Atlanta. He has recurred on the HBO's hit television show, Insecure, and guest starred on numerous television shows, including Stuck in the Middle and Shut Eye. He has mm. recently released his Kevin Hart's Next Level Comedy Special on Comedy Central, and he has also recently appeared on the Lion Gates film, Two Minutes of Fame, starring Jay Farrell and Cat Williams. He was also on one of my favorite shows, Bill Bellamy's Who Got the Stroke? And hey. ladies and gentlemen, introducing the one and only hilarious Ron G. <laughs> hey, that was great. That was a great intro. You, I'm, I had to look around, make sure that was me. I'm like, oh, that it's was pretty awesome. Oh man, he got Emmys and everything up in these streets. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, one correction out of everything you said. Uh, I was actually born in Columbia, South Carolina, and I moved to Atlanta when I finished school, and that's where I started doing comedy at Uptown. Really? Okay. Well, let's yeah. get that all the way together. <laughs> it's all good. Go ahead and tell everybody your um, social media information, Instagram, Facebook, all the good stuff. All that. Uh, so be sure to follow me, Comedian Ron G on everything. Comedian R-O-N-G. If you go to Instagram, there's a, a link tree uh, in my bio and it has everything else, but everything else is Comedian R-O-N-G. Don't mess it up, Comedian R-O-N-G on everything. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into it. Now, when did you know that you were funny and when why did you start doing comedy? hilarious kind of funny uh i've been funny all my life but i didn't know i could like make a living at it until i actually went to uptown uh i live i moved to atlanta and it was my first job out of school and i basically got fired from every job i ever had and uh my cousin uh shout out to trey black was a comic in atlanta he was like bro you funny man you ever thought about getting on stage and i was like not really he's like you should try it and so they had apollo nights sunday night bunch of dope dealers and strippers and uh i went up and i had one joke and it was terrible and halfway through my set they booed me. Matter of fact, okay. the first two minutes, they booed me. But the boo was okay. I can handle boo. But then they told me to kill myself. And I was like, okay. And there was a door right next to the stage. And I'm like, do I leave or do I stay? 
And I was like, I'm going to stay. I ain't no sucker. My mom ain't raised no punk. And so I go back on the other side of the room and I sit next to the DJ booth on the steps. And the host is like, man, he was terrible. Uh, one more time for Ron G. Boo. He was like, whoa, y'all going to boo his name? Ron. Boo. G. Boo. Ron G. Boo. And I was like, geez. My cousin looked at me. He was like, I don't know what to tell you. So on the way out the door, I remember walking to my car and I left a little early because I didn't want to deal with the people. And this dude walked by me. He's like, hey, little nigga, you ain't gonna never be funny. And I was like, that's back when I used to curse. I was like, F you, nigga. He was like, F you, get you killed. And I just went to the car and um, I think I cried in the car, but uh, I stuck with it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think, like, I don't even know how you, you strong, because I don't think I could do that. I, I can't get booed, then cussed out, and then threatened to be killed in the same, and then still want to get on stage. I don't. <laughs> it, it's crazy. It, and the boo was so bad. I saw three, three people get booed before I did. Like, so watching these people get booed and I'm sitting here laughing like, oh, they ain't funny at all. <laughs> and then I went up and got booed too. I was like, oh, okay. So this is what it feel. It was humbling. So you saw the boo coming and you still was like, okay, I'm just going. <laughs> okay. And the worst part is because I knew it was coming because I've seen it happen so many times. I was yeah. scared at work on Friday for a boo I was going to get on Sunday. You know what? <laughs> so your stomach dropped. Remember back when you was in school and you had to fight uh, yes. when, when, when the bell rung? And your stomach be dropping. I had that feeling at work on Friday, waiting for Sunday. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this L like a G. But what happens? Hey, I mean, all you can do is just get stronger. That's the best thing you can do. Hey, boo will change your life. Boo will make you a better person. Absolutely. I, oh, I just, I can't. I, I refuse. <laughs> so funny. All right. So how was your experience being on the set of Insecure? Um, honestly, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in Hollywood. And I say that because being a person of color and having some form of success, you know what it's like to feel like the only black person in the room. And that's a very weird feeling because you feel like you're under a microphone, a magnifying glass and everybody's watching you. You got to conduct yourself a certain kind of way, which instead of just existing like you normally do, you got to be twice as good and, you know, just behave yourself, make sure you get on time. And what happened was being on set of Insecure, I never seen that much black excellence in one place. I'm talking about like producer black, showrunner black, hair and makeup black mm. um all my castmates were black it was like just the blackest dopest experience too and it wasn't like just right like it was like exceptionally really dope black people and it was like such a blessing to be in that environment I actually experienced that once in my, in my lifetime in hollywood because i've been on set where i've been the only black person and you go to hair and makeup and usually hair and makeup is to be the cool people on set they'd be like the coolest mm -hmm. people ever super cool laid back hair and makeup and you go there to decompress but i've been on set where people are just out of touch with my people. And I remember I was on set and I had a mohawk and this white lady grabbed one of those brushes with the little beads on it. You know, the brush yeah. with the little, the white people brush. And she started brushing my mohawk forward. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was right. like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I said, like, well, you're not supposed to brush my mohawk. She's like, I've been doing hair for over 20 years, honey. You trying to tell me that I don't know how to do your kind of hair. That's exactly like, what I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I'm good. And she was like, ah, and, and rubbed and you know, like had an attitude. And I went back to my trailer and I like just brush my hair and, and straighten it up. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that um, once in a lifetime too, because I'm a makeup artist as well. So I'm used, mm. usually behind the scenes mm. on set doing it. The good thing is I was on a black set as well, Tyler Perry set. So what show, show was it? It was uh, Sister. We were filming Sisters and um, The Oval. Mm. So that was my first experience being in um, a production of that caliber. Yeah. And it was absolutely amazing it was just like you know people i you know i'm not gonna say everybody but a lot of people will hate on tyler Perry. you know we think you're doing all that whatever just being on that man's lot just makes you say okay all dreams are possible let's get it 
<laughs> so yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from when it that comes to representation and just seeing that level of excellence and production done on that level by a black person. Like, I think it's just dope to be a part of it, whether, you know, however you feel about it, just to be in that environment and experience it, whether it's one time or this is your life, like, it's great to see that. Oh, yeah, it, ch- it changed my life. I was like, y'all can be what y'all want about them, but that is the, the goal. I'm striving to be that excellent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they need you too, man. I feel like just in this game, having uh, black women in hair and makeup is uh, very important, especially like black barbers. I swear it's like only flat five black barbers in the entire Hollywood in LA Absolutely. And, they actually, <laughs> and they roll with the celebrities if you think of any big name celebrity they got their own personal barber and that's it but anything outside of that it's pretty tough yeah because they, they've experienced what you experienced like I want to look right on TV just like everybody else does now, did you find it hard to be a clean comedian or when the job requires it it's kind of funny because actually uh <laughs> oh it's me oh it's dope so uh when I first got started I was dirty and that's all I knew I just I came up under the uptown uptown yeah. comic view generation cats and that's all I knew. And everybody in my life cursed. And I'm like, I didn't see no problem with it. But uh, I had a, a older comedian named Jerry Farber, uh, Atlanta legend. He was like already 30 years in the game. He was like, man, you're a good looking guy, man. Why you curse so much? And I was like, I don't know. I think that's, they know what you're supposed to do. He's like, man, look, you can go a lot further in your career if you don't curse. And right around that time, it was like when I started getting heavy in church too, and I got saved right around the time I got funny. And I went back to the same place that booed me. And I remember going back and I won. I did like a five minute set. And rocked it like five minutes in that environment like it was it was dope and then I got checked after that because I felt like I wouldn't curse on stage but I would curse off stage and God was like if a pastor did what you did you would judge him so what make you any different to judge somebody when I call you to change this world too so what you gonna do about it and I was like you know what I'm gonna start cursing in my personal life too so I stopped cursing in my personal life and now it's not a chore to be clean at all and I've done so much cool stuff and the funny part, what makes it go uh, full circle, is when I became the dad for the show on Nickelodeon, you know, Nickelodeon is very funny about their brand. And mm-hmm. when they hired me, they was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. When we saw your social media, we were like, yo, you're perfect for this role. And we're glad to have you on the team and like checking your social media, like you're right along with the brand. And so that was like one of those little nudges, like, guys, see, like, see what happened when you listen to me? That's so, right. To be a dad on a Nickelodeon show, knowing when these kids grow up, they can be like, you're the dad from the TV show when I grew up. Like, it's a really dope feeling. Oh, absolutely. And then, uh, man, to be a part of any type of brand, like a Nickelodeon or a Disney, that's a serious check. So you've got to have your P's and Q's together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so like a- the check is dope. And just knowing that you're a part of somebody's childhood, like, is a really dope feeling. Like, just think about watching, like, In Living Color and Cosby Show and you know, uh, Martin, watching those those shows and, and the Fresh Prince, knowing that they were part of my childhood, like, it'll always have a special place in your heart. Now, the question is, because, I mean, I'm glad that you said that, but cursing hasn't been a problem for me forever. Um, that's just, like, an outlet. So, what what did you use to just reel it in? Because, like, no, I call them my sentence enhancers. Like, they, they just helped me get the point across. So, how did you just say, all right, I'm taking this out? Like, how did you just purge yourself from cursing? Uh, it was just a process because I realized every time I was around my mom or people I respected, I instantly stopped cursing. And I was like, I don't want to be mastered by anything. Let me work on that so I can like, uh, just be the best version that I can be on stage. And then I realized like, as God was like framing my career, that I had a lot of people watching me. So the accountability and seeing what your legacy is like changes everything. So when you start thinking about your legacy, like, oh, if I'm going to be the best clean comedian in my generation, let me not be phony. Let this be who I really am. You know what I'm saying? 
and that was the beginning of me wanting to change who I am. And so I don't, I don't tell any comedians they should be clean, but I always always tell comics like you should know how to work clean because when Absolutely. you don't know how to work clean, it'll affect your career. If you ever plan on doing late night TV, you're gonna have to do a clean set. If it was NBC, ABC, late night with whoever, you gotta learn how to do clean unless you're doing Netflix and Def Jam ain't a thing no more. So what you gonna do? So you gotta work on the art of being clean. So sometimes people, they don't hear me, but I think it's all necessary. Like as an artist, you oh, need to work on your, as an artist, you work on the things you're not good at. Like you, uh, Seinfeld said that. Seinfeld had a quote, he said, professionals, sorry, amateurs work on the things they're good at and professionals work on the things they're not good at. And if you know you're not good at being clean, you don't want to stop your money. Somebody hire you to do a church show or a corporate show and you can't do it because you don't know how to, you know, uh, translate. So you got to work on your blind spots. This is true. Yeah, I'm, I'm good when it comes to corporate. Like I, just, I always have to have my corporate hat on when it comes to that. So I can do the professional and not cussing. But when I'm with my people, oh, it's coming out. <laughs> right. But see how you code switch? Like in a corporate setting, you instantly yeah. become this person that you ain't never been before. But money's attached <laughs> to it. You should be able to do that on stage as well. Yep. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. See? All right, so question. If you created a TV show, mm -hmm. what kind of show would it be? What kind of character would you play? And what role would you offer me? <laughs> Ooh, I already, uh, so funny. Uh, I actually already wrote it, but I don't want to tell what the concept is about, but basically it's about specifically my life in LA and being a fish out of water and being from the South. Um, but yeah, I would play me. I would probably find another profession besides comedian because I feel like most comedy shows where the lead is a comedian doesn't last long. Right, and it's so been done. Like, yeah, it's been done plenty of times. So I would have to just find another profession. And uh, it would include me and my wife. And uh, yeah, we'll try to find a role for you. Okay. <laughs> so, because I'm, I'm actually writing a movie right now. And what's uh -huh. funny about that is, I was always going to write a movie. But mm -hmm. point of the matter is, I saw something on uh, Stars last night. Mm -hmm. And no shade on anybody, but when I saw what was on there and it was so just it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I'm just like, if they mm -hmm. can get the stars. God yeah. dang it, let me finish this movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Opportunity in preparation, man. Man. Okay, what was it like auditioning for Nickelodeon? Because that is a, a big deal. Ooh, you know what? Uh when I booked Nickelodeon, I was already on a roll because I feel like an acting you go a year or two and just get called back. So he's sometimes nothing. And you take it personal, like, man, am I not a good actor? But then when I did Nickelodeon, that was right after I did Insecure. Uh, I booked a show called Shut Eye on Hulu. Uh, I booked the uh, Stuck in the Middle on Disney. And then I booked Nickelodeon. But the cool part about Nickelodeon was when I walked in that room and I was on the set, I was on the lot, I was auditioning with people I grew up watching on TV. Mm. So that feeling of, hey, I know you from the show when I was growing up. or right. And I'm in the room auditioning for a dad. I'm like, I ain't old enough to play a dad. And then I went in and this is what that, this is what I learned. This is the thing that I, the adjustment I made and I trusted my gut was it's a Nickelodeon show on all Nickelodeon shows. The kids win. The kids have to win on a Nickelodeon show. They, yeah, they don't want it. That's their brain. The kids have to be the best. They have to be the funniest, whatever. And what happened was the person that went in before me, I heard them doing their lines and they was yelling at the kids. And I'm like, you can't yell at these kids on TV. You can't be like, go to your room. Like that don't work. So I walk in and I gave them the, the uh, white folk friendly version. I was like, hey, oh. go to your room. You know what I'm saying? And they bust out <laughs> laughing. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so mm -hmm. learning how to make adjustments like that was like one of those things like, oh, I always have to trust my, trust my gut when I'm in that room. Because if I would have did it how I thought it was and then hear that and like do what they did, even though they were like a trained actor that I've seen in my entire life, 
I wouldn't have got it, but because I took a different approach and I adjusted to the moment and I was present, I was like, okay. And so for me, me being, that was my first time ever getting my first series regular role and it changed my life. Like it legit, like it's amazing the treatment you get before you book a series regular role to like when you actually become one, mm. because you, you get on the short list and people don't tell you that. Like your okay. whole career, you like trying to find an agent, you trying to find a manager. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that series regular role, you probably like, that's when you see somebody pop off and they'll do one role and they'll be on everything else after that. That's how it mm-hmm. happens. Once you get a series regular role, it changes everything. Now, do you think that with you, I'm um, being a series regular role that sometimes you can get typecast in situations like that? But if you're working, it depends on what you want. Because <laughs> some people, you know, they will always be the sidekick, but they've been working forever. Like, do you want to keep working and be the sidekick or you rather be a leading man and only do that once every five years? You know what I'm saying? So you go where you get love and you go where you work. And again, with the Nickelodeon thing, I felt like for me, it kind of showed my range. So for me to be on Insecure and go to Nickelodeon, to me, I was like, okay, I see what you're doing, guys. Like, all right, this is, this is my, my range right here. Nickelodeon dad with the sweater on, tucked in, and Insecure being reckless side boo. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right. So I, I think for me, I think it was a great opportunity. Check clear, that's all that matters. Absolutely. <laughs> that's all yeah. All right, so how did you stay motivated in the entertainment industry um, during the quarantine? Um, every day is different. Like I used to, there used to be a time when people ask you, how you doing? And I used to know, like, I honestly don't know how I'm feeling. Like some days I'll be cool. Some days I'll be sad. Some days I'll be depressed and don't know why, just because I can't go to work. I can't make money. And, um, it's been weird, but, uh, I do feel like because of, uh, the quarantine God kind of pushed me to be like, all right, so what you gonna do with this time? You gonna complain about what you don't have? Are you gonna make opportunity? So I, I beefed up my social media. If you look at my social media, I post like three times a day. And I've actually gotten some really cool jobs within the last two weeks, like probably just as much money I would make regularly just by people seeing me on social media. Because when you're not on social media and you're not auditioning, people forget about you. But when you're on social media and you're posting all the time, you're going to come up on somebody's timeline. They're like, oh, I mean, they call him or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, man. And yeah, I just shot a voiceover for the radio. So. Oh, all good money for a minute so if you said something before that i didn't hear but i did hear you say you um, got a voiceover yep that's dope yeah Super. the and money was your, nice what is your ultimate goal you want to achieve in this industry um i want to be the best clean comedian in my generation i want to do i want to basically fill that spot that uh will smith has and had uh doing really dope romantic comedies action movies and uh, showing these kids a different side of blackness, man. Like, I just, I feel like I'm the, the white folk friendly black guy with white people like, oh, I trust them. You can come over to the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But also still uh, get down with my people, man. Because my comedy, even though I'm clean, I'm still edgy. Like, I'm going to make you think. I'm going to make you upset. I'm going to make you be like, make you think about yourself. I'll make you think about your person. And I'll make you grow. So it'll be a combination of being one of the dopest actors of my time being the best clean comedians of my time. And also I got a big passion for relationships. If you notice my social media, I'm learning and growing to this role of like, I do a lot of relationship stuff, you know? So I want to be able to uh, travel the world with me and my wife and uh, talk to couples about uh, dating and basically all the stuff nobody, t- nobody tell you about marriage, man. People tell you you should get married, but they don't tell you how to sustain it. Or they'll tell you you should get married, but they don't tell you what you do in the meantime until you get married. Like, what do you do 
when you can't find your person? What if you have love in your heart and you function mm-hmm. like a wife or a husband, but you ain't meeting nobody? What do you do then? Or when you get somebody dope and you went your whole life being one kind of way and now you're married, you're like, how do I transition to become the person I'm supposed to be versus who I was? Because even during this quarantine, I feel like this is a time where everything that got you to this point won't take you where you're going. Whatever thing you did to get you to this point in quarantine, it ain't gonna be enough to take you where you're going. So during this time, I'm, I'm studying screenwriting, uh, studying Spanish, um, I'm working on social media, I'm writing projects, and I'm stretching myself. And like with all that stuff, I'm learning how to edit, I'm learning how to direct, and right. just being funny and being a comedian ain't enough no more. A long time ago, you know, you do stand up, you get a cool little late night gig, like your career change. It ain't like that no more. You got to be everything. You got to do podcasts. You got to do uh, radio shows. You got to do Zoom shows. You got to do stand up online, mm-hmm. Zoom Absolutely. comedy shows. You got to do stand up in the parking lot. You got to <laughs> write, create content, like get the direct, produce. And, you know, me, me and my lady, we got a game show too. So, there. Go ahead and tell about the game time. show. Oh, well, me and my lady do a dope game show called Couples Couch. I wanted to do something for the grown and sexy people who had somebody and, you know, wanted to do something uh, fun for the couples, man. So, every Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, sorry, Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, we do our game show called Couples Couch. Super dope trivia game show for couples to find out how well you know your person, how well you work with them, and if you like your person. So pretty okay. cool game. You should stop by the couch. I definitely was. I'm single, so I, can't, I need to be on the other podcast where you're telling me how to get to who uh, I need to be with. <laughs> yeah, and, and another thing, too, is I do a really dope podcast called the Two Piece Podcast, the number two P-I-E-C-E podcast, and it's on personal growth for men. Like me and one of my buddies who's a life coach, and he's a, a relationship coach as well, uh, we actually do a podcast for that because I feel like, men, we chase the dream, but we don't chase the things that help us sustain the dream. Mm. And I call it the cheat sheet for ladies. So like, if you want to know why men do what they do and you want to get a real good gauge of why we do it from decent men, not just a man telling you what you should do, like, right. it's a pretty dope podcast. And when is that on? Because I need to hear that. <laughs> it's really it's really dope. I would love for you to hear it, and then we can revisit this conversation all together. Oh, definitely. Um, it's on uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and um, I think it's on Apple Music as well, but it's called The Two-Piece Podcast. Okay, and when, and when does it air? Like, every what day? Uh, we used to do it every week, but we're up to, like, 18 episodes, so you probably got to catch up. Okay, cool. I, yeah, I definitely so- need to pull up, because I don't know who my Boaz is, but he need to come on. Yeah, Boaz. <laughs> That's so funny. So what are some words of wisdom you would give any upcoming entertainer or entrepreneur? Man, keep your nine to five. Okay. <laughs> the Hollywood didn't change. The Hollywood we used to know has changed. And, you know, luckily I've been out here long enough where I've sown enough seeds. But if you're trying to move out here now, now's a weird time because there's no production. Uh, comedy closes. Comedy clubs is closed. I know Atlanta, y'all y'all closed down for like 17 minutes. Now y'all back at it. Hookah yeah, spots we out here in these streets. Whole <laughs> freak, Nick. Whole I'm not, no yeah, they, they pretty much opened up for everybody else. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm working select days and being very careful and cautious, but yeah, these people are still, they out in the streets. Right. But as <laughs> far as LA, that. LA is shut down. Like there's nothing happening right now. It's real, it's things moving, but it's kind of slow. Um, and I'm pretty sure I probably won't be able to work until next year. So if you're trying to move out to LA, like make your plans. No, I mean, year. I'm from LA, so I know how expensive it is. And I know I know. I'm just not doing it. Like, yeah, the city different. Even comedy yeah. out here. Like comedy on the East Coast, you can have a few gigs and pay your rent. Out here, LA is a showcase city. You perform here for more opportunity. Now, the trade-off is there's no ceiling. You could be mm-hmm. an executive producer or a showrunner in two years in LA. Mm-hmm. And that's all through relationships. But in the East Coast, you can go all up and down the East Coast 
and do these comedy gigs and pay your rent. So it's just a trade off of the lifestyle you want. And you have to think about, you want to play the long game or the short game. Like where's your retirement plan? So um, you, you determine the life you want. That's right. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not against the grind, but I'm not trying to grind all my life. <laughs> no, nah. nah, I put in that high 20 and hopefully something will happen. I know that's right. Now who is your favorite R&B singer and why? My favorite R&B singer? Jeez. Mm -hmm. What a question. I wasn't ready for that one. Well, look, you're the R&B thug over there. Come on now. You got R&B comedian? Oh, man. I've grown a lot since then, but it's all good. Uh, Liv, I'm not going to lie. That was one of my favorite gifts. <laughs> oh, thank you, lady. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, today and right now, for some reason in my head, I just Usher popped in my head. Like, I really like Usher, man. I, think, I just think he's dope, man. And for him to have a career as long as he's had, um, still got it. You know, voice mm -hmm. still dope. I, I, I like that, how that's like the measurement for like an artist. Like when you see somebody you love and they've been around right. for a long time, you're like, hey, they still sound good. They look like they're taking care of themselves. Like that's the uh -huh. standard. Like, like, <laughs> uh, I must have seen uh, Color Me Bad in person. Yeah, that's, mm. bad is a good word for that. <laughs> Man, I was like, yo, but that's also too, the trade-off is I feel like I went to those, one of those 90s R&B concerts where it's all people you love from the 90s. Yeah. And you can tell who was married and who wasn't married and all the people that wasn't married, you'd be like, what you do with your time, bro? Like, life didn't take you in the alley and kick you in the stomach. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, man. But uh, I would have to say Usher. I feel like Usher catalog is dope. I don't think there's nobody in his demographic and age range that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Um, I don't know. You don't think Mario can get down with him? Mario? Yeah, vocally. Name like, he may not be a fan, but... Name a classic Mario album. I'll wait. Um, well, we weren't talking about albums. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Versus is, is your top 20. Versus is your top 20. So who yeah. has 20 songs that can go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to Usher in the same demographic? Now, I feel like Chris Brown can, but yeah. name your favorite Chris Brown album. I don't know the name of it, but I have it. Um, no, he got singles. He got hot singles. But I'm talking about like well, an album, album that's like first with, play. Uh, Look At Me Now, that, album, that whole album was pretty dope. But you I don't even know the name of it. Yeah. But you know Confessions, though. You know Confessions. It ain't even conversation. Yeah, I know that top and bottom. Even yeah. <laughs> like Chris got hits. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about like he definitely got hits, but I'm talking about like yeah. name a solid album that he had that can go toe to toe with Confessions. Because you can just put Confessions on play. Yep. Shoot, I even had Usher's My Way. I can shoot all the way back to Can You Get With It. So I mean, <laughs> you got it on that one. I even give him a pass for uh sign them papers. Yeah, that sign was sign them papers. <laughs> that and moving mountains. I give him a pass for both of them. He get a pass for that. Yeah. He was I like signing the papers though. <laughs> I mean, he was feeling that at that point in time. Right, I get it. It yeah. ain't wrong. <laughs> I still give him a passport. All right, now on Candid Kisses TV, I always like to end it with some fun. So I have a couple of segments. The first one is Kiss or Diss. Okay. And that is where I'm going to throw some celebrity crushes out there. You're just going to decide whether you're kissing or you're dissing. Okay. For the record, I'm married. So, uh, baby, if you're this watching is hypothetical. this, it's hypothetical. <laughs> baby, it's all hypothetical. Okay. If you're watching this, just that's all it Please is. Please don't yeah. come for me. <laughs> yeah. Don't come for me and don't send for me and don't email me back. Don't, yeah, all that. All right. The first one Shantae Moore or Kiki Wyatt? Who you kissing? Ooh, who you dissing? Jesus. Uh, Shantae Moore kissing. Okay. Chili of TLC or Monica? Who you kissing? Who you dissing? Ooh, chili kissing. All right. Lonnie Love or Mother Love? Who you kissing? Who you dissing? Hey, Lonnie. Kissing. <laughs> All right. Next is our... That is DM so funny. 
That is so funny. We got our next one is our DAQs. This is for um, DAQ stand for dumbass questions. These okay. are random questions I'm asking. I just want answers to. Okay. All right. Would you legally change your name to Breath St. Jones for two years for $1 million? Jeez. Breath St. Jones? Mm hmm. For two? Two. So would that be my stage name or that's just my personal name? Where I get my mail you have to, to legally change your name. That's going to be your name on your ID, your everything for two years, but you get $1 million. But I still feel like they call me by my stage name. So if that's the case, call me Stank Breath Jones Jr. <laughs> Stank right. Jones Jr. Yeah, add Jr. to it as well. All right. If animals could talk, which animal do you think would be the rudest and why? Ooh. I feel like horses, man. I feel like horses be so arrogant. They get their hair what? done and they be like, <laughs> you got to kick in the mouth, like, you don't back up. <laughs> For real, you gonna have to the gun with it too. <laughs> it's probably either a horse or a cat, man. Cats be rude too. Cats be so disrespectful. You know what's funny? I asked my mom that and I said, What do you think? And she said, I think a silverback gorilla. I was like, What made you think of? She was like, Cuz they just be like, they'll, you know, throw stuff at you. You know what she's talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. That is kind of rude. They just pick it up and just throw it in your face. So hey, ask nobody or nothing. <laughs> just disrespectful. I'm like, man. Okay. Yeah. What is the best inside joke you've been a part of? The best inside joke. Huh. Oh. I'm gonna need time for that one. I'm gonna come back to that. Okay. What is the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house? Hmm. I guess. Jeez. I ain't had guests in such a long time to do. I don't. I don't hang with weird people. I so know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm real funny about my space, but and weird, a weird thing somebody's done at my house. Hmm. I had some weird happen while I was in my house. Okay. So uh, I was, I think I was shooting videos or something in my house and the window was open. I live on the third floor or whatever. And the balcony was open and I heard somebody screaming. Mm -hmm. And so I went outside and I looked down the balcony. It was a dude under the car. Somebody hit the guy and he was literally under the car looking up at my balcony. And I was like, hey man, you good? He was like, don't worry about me, nigga. I kill you. I was like, huh? What? You're under a car right now, and you're calling me a nigga, like, okay. while you're under a car. And then somebody else was like, yo, you good, man? He was like, F you too, then, nigga. It was like a uh, Mexican guy. And he was just going off, and I think he was off his meds, but it was just a weird moment. I'm like, first of all, how are you calling me a nigga during quarantine, and you under the car? But, I mean, you could have been his anger. You could have called the police or ambulance to help him. And, okay. Let me tell you what I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Didn't call. <laughs> I First of all, I would have threw something else down on the car just because. Like, yeah, oh, he gave me the middle finger and everything. I was like, I'm making sure you was good. You actually under a car right now. See, I'd be like, that's what we doing these days. Somebody hand me a brick. Come, let me get this. <laughs> <laughs> drop a brick. Just drop a brick. That's funny. I'm saying, like, I'm trying to see if you good, but you're okay. That's what we're doing. I'll drop a whole air fryer on his neck. Don't play with me. <laughs> Telling you. All right, what would be the worst buy one, get one free sale of all time? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> buy one get one Ooh, 
probably them uh them vests that dudes used to wear back in the 90s like the little uh it's like a, a vest that goes under your suit but dudes used to wear them with no shirt no undershirt get two <laughs> but you get two one to give away one to throw away i'm telling you boy you know what they need to get rid of those um what were they they were the shoes that you can get from the beauty supply store the little shoes store. yeah they were like i don't they were like little net were, shoes were they, were they uh attached yeah were they clipped together uh-huh. And, and then they had little, was always a bad idea. <laughs> they had the little flowers on them and people would get them in every color. I'm like, they're come on, y'all. You ain't supposed to wear these. This, mm. Okay. <laughs> mm. Mm. Hey, I have a question too. I have a question sure. for you too. Mm-hmm. Is there a size of eyelash that's inappropriate? Like when what is what is too much? Yeah. I know that's I like, like the wave right now, but like is there a size that's too big? You like girl, like you don't need that. I feel you like if you guy. can't open your eyes, that's they're probably too big. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when you do lashes, they're they're according to your eye shape. I mean, it's a lot that goes into it. Some people just like, oh, I like those, and they put them on. I'm like, but your eyes not big enough to hold all that weight, so it doesn't make sense for it. But okay, if you want to look sleepy, then go ahead. But <laughs> but it just depends on the eye shape, and it depends on the person. But if they if you can't open your eye, then chances are. Yeah, they're not for you. Is there like a long-term effect of girls who wear like eyelashes too long or too heavy? Like something happened and later on you have an eyeball stroke or something? Like, <laughs> like is there something that <laughs> you... eyeball stroke? What is <laughs> Well, you putting a lot of strain on your lids and lids ain't built to be like carrying weight. The only, only thing that I've seen happen when people wear eyelashes too much depending on the type, if they do, um, what are they, individuals? They have a glue that's really, really strong. And if you don't take them off properly, it'll snatch your lashes off. So, yeah. So, basically, you'll be like a cancer patient by the eyes if you continue to wear lashes like that and not take them off properly. So, I've seen that. You happen. got ball blinks? Pretty much. Yes. How, well, how do you get is this glue, right? Yeah. They got an adhesive remover. Then you got to get the remover and then you stop it off. I have so many questions. So how, <laughs> how, how, how do you? Get glue off your eyeball. It's a remover. You put it, you close your eye, and you just like use a Q-tip, and then you just soak it off, and just and it just slides off. It's and like, none of it gets in your eye. You well, your eyes are closed, and you're doing it. You can't like. But like, it's still you still can get some residual juice on the corner and it cracks or something, right? Right. So you just keep your eye closed. Nah, that sounds like so much work. It's like but, that's almost like it's something. If you point something in your face, as long as it's dry, it's not gonna get in your eye. You gotta wait till it dries, and then you can open your eye. That sounds so complicated. I'm not built for that. <laughs> and that's that's why I don't do individuals and anything else. Like I'll do lashes, but I do the little simple ones. You can just wash them off and keep it moving. That's so funny. But all right, before we close this thing on out, I want to introduce you to a game during the quarantine. Um, me and a good friend of mine, shout out to uh, DJ Offstar, we created a game called Sandu. So mm-hmm. what it is, it is a game where you have to sing the melody of a song, but you can mm. only use the word do. So, then I'm, so I'm going to give you an example. And then basically, uh, as I'm singing the song, you have to guess what song, and that's how we get the points and vice versa. Uh, okay. All right, so I'm going to give you the categories. You can choose what category you want to do. We have hip-hop. I have to sing the song, and you have to guess it? So I'm going to do the first round so you can guess it. And then the second round, then you'll you'll sing the song, and I'm guessing what you're doing. Jeez, okay. All right, so we got... Can't you see it? Yeah, but then when it gets to your turn, I'm going to hold up the car, and then you'll then I'll just put it down, You tell me, and then you'll go. Okay. So I'm not right. gonna be able to see it because I'm gonna put the card in the actual camera, so I won't even be seeing what you're doing. Okay, let's do it. All right. So we have hip hop and R&B. We got greatest hits, pop, Billboard hits, country rock, 
Singer Do Favors, which is basically just our favorite songs. Old school TV theme. What's it called? Singer, what favorites? Uh, Singer Do Favors. That's just basically favorite songs me and my uh, business partner created. Okay, got you, got you. And I mean, they're real songs, but it's just our favorite songs. Um, old school TV themes are party and dance hits. What category do you want to do? Uh, I feel like I want to do TV themes. Okay. Let's see. Hopefully, this is a, a show that I watched growing up. Well, I got to find one that you. I'll take that one. All right. Uh, mm. Shoot, how did that go? <laughs> oh. See? Um, Hmm. Dang, you will pick a hard cap. Oh, I got one. Um, uh, you just switched it? Yes. I just switched it. Okay, I got to find one that I know. All right. Uh, oh, got it. All right. It sounds familiar, but Give up. all doo doo ain't familiar. I don't know. That that doo doo didn't sound familiar. That was supposed it's, to be Give Me a Break. Hilarious. <laughs> all right. I was so young when I came up. Okay, all right. That's so funny. All right, that's dope. All right, I got another one. All right, mm -hmm. the next one is oh, you should know this one. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, power. There you go. Hey. All right, next one. That doo doo sound familiar. <laughs> All right, uh, shoot. Um, uh, now you notice, and I gotta think of how I go. Uh, oh, do 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 do. There you go. So hey. that's how you play it. Now we're gonna get you to get some in here. Right, I'm not look. doing TV things. It's a little too hard for me. I'm gonna do. Right. Uh, I'm going to do R and B. Uh, R and B. So let me shuffle these up. It. Is it classic R&B or 90s R&B or current? It's everything. Old school, new school. All right. Let's see. Make sure I'm on the right side. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Just tell me where I need to hold it so you can see it. Can you see it? <laughs> okay. I got it. Yeah. All, All right. right. You ready? Yep. FYI, uh, karaoke is like my biggest fear, but we're going to go with it. Oh God! Okay. We gonna go with it. I hate singing in public. All right. What if you <clears> singing? <throat> you just do doing. I ain't ready to do do. Not you, Kaka right. Chicken. <laughs> Mimi, do 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 do. All right. Do 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 do. The way you feed me, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, pretty brown eyes. There you go. All right. Next one. <laughs> so funny. Do you hear it? Got it? Hold on. Hold on. Uh, uh, okay, cool. Okay. Doop. Doop, doop. Doop, doop, doop. Doop, doop. I don't I can't do it. I'm sorry. I, I can't do it.
What was it? It was far side passing me by. I'm so sorry. It keeps on passing me by. Yeah, I, I don't have it. I was trying to do it from the start because I was like, oh, the, rap, the rap is too fast to be doodling that fast. All right, we're going to do one more and that's a wrap. Okay, let's see. All right. You got Anyways, it? Yep. Uh, I can't see it. Sorry, oh, you I can't get see it. it. Okay. No, because it's a little glare to it. Hold it up a little bit more. Uh, can we give me another card? All right. Let's go here. Nah. All right, let's do it. Okay. Do 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 O-N-G. My YouTube page is the exact same thing, Comedian Ron G. But you can go to my Instagram and it has all my contacts in my bio. Every Thursday, I do a really dope game show called Couples Couch, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on my Instagram. And on Sunday, I do Chocolate Sundays Virtual Comedy Show, one of the dopest, longest running comedy shows. We just converted it to Zoom. We have over 200 people. We have a DJ and an after party. Super dope. But all the information is on my Instagram. Please follow me, Comedian R-O-N-G. And last but not least is my two-piece podcast, the number two P-I-E-C-E podcast. It's on uh, all the podcast apps on Stitcher. Uh, and just Google, two-piece podcast, all right? Don't block your blessing. Sounds dope to me. Make sure you tune in to Candy Kisses TV every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. And don't forget to subscribe.